Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Sandry says cat dirt, but we use stronger words. This has been your obscenity warning. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. <laughs> and today we're reading chapter 19 of The Will of the Empress. So grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And release me, parasite! Never! You'll be chained to that desk forever. <laughs> no! <God. laughs> chapter 19 opens with Briar and Daja mounting another rescue. Briar mounting another rescue with Daja now instead of Triss. And he's pretty happy to have her at his side because she is the calm one. So they get out to the main part of the inn and they walk into this like, they call it the glove spell. It's, I don't know, it's like gummy air or something. And they said it was like hard jelly. How jelly can be hard, I don't know, but that sounds really crusty and gross. So it separates them, so they are not physically in contact with one another, and it also keeps them from being able to speak and basically just sort of traps them in place. And then Ken walks out and he's like, ah, yes, my great work of art, this shield spell that I made, and proceeds to be incredibly annoying, which then inspires Daja and Briar to try and break out even faster, which they eventually do because academic mages are often not prepared for ambient mages. And so they use their wire and vine magics to sort of tear apart his spell and then to trap him in a cage and basically just shut off all of his magic so whatever is happening to Sandry, it should cut that spell off. Sandry herself wakes up on the back of a horse with Shan behind her 
being a creepy asshole. And Briar and Daja managed to get through to her via Mindspeak. And they stupidly tied all of these spells to like keep her asleep or contained or whatever with ribbons. So as soon as somebody sets her down, she undoes all of the ribbons. And then before anybody realizes that she is awake, she stands up and cocoons them all in their own clothes. Classic Sandry. And then she uses the same clothing to basically like throw over trees. Except Shan, who she just leaves on a giant rock tied like a gift screaming. She, she makes sure that she bangs them around on the rock a little bit first. I'm like, okay, now I'm good. It doesn't describe it, but I really imagine her like tying it with a bow. Word, of course, reaches Baronine that all of this has happened. And Ishabal is like, are we sure we know what we're going up against? This was two teenagers who took down Ken. Like, they took down a great mage, and there's two of them, and they're only 18. Maybe we should be a little more wary. Baronine is, of course, determined to have the circle in her collection. So Ishabal convinces her, okay, let me go to the border by myself and keep your name out of it. And that way, if anything goes wrong, I get all the blame. She's like, okay, fine. Sandry does not want to stay again at the Canyon Inn. And then Ambrose and Triss make it to that area, I believe. So Sandry and the gang leave kind of around the same time that Ambrose and Triss are arriving. And then they are approaching, as they're approaching the border, Jagors warns the gang that there is somebody waiting for them specifically. Sandri gives Gajuni and Jagors and the kids these like spelled cloaks that will disguise them so nobody knows that they're with the circle. And she's like, you guys are going to go through first because they won't stop you because you're not us. And then basically gives Gudruni some instructions. This is where we'll meet you if we make it through. And these are my wishes if we get stuck here. They basically give the, the guards their detail, like best wishes and like, okay, you got us this far. We, we can't really expect you to fight your own empress. So here's some money. Go home. Go back to your families. Nice, nice knowing you. And that is where the chapter ends. Shit's going down. It sure is. Though the whole thing with Shan and Quinn, I was expecting it to be like drug out a little bit more. And it was just over in an instant. I was like, oh, such a buildup for nothing, basically. (laughs) I think that's part of the reason that I remember the kidnapping by Finn more. Yeah. Because it, it takes up more of the story. Yeah, like, literally nothing happened with it. Like, this builds up in, like, a whole chapter or two worth, and then and then Ken and Shannon is, like, a scene of them preparing, and then Sandra gets kidnapped, and then the circle kids just beat the shit out of them. What I find so funny about it, though, is Finn, he, he I don't think he planned for this nearly as long as Shan, because Shan's like, oh, I've been planning this <laughs> since I knew she liked me, which is, like, the first time the they interacted with each other, which was 
probably several months. And everything ended real quick. Finn, he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to do this. She slighted me a couple days ago, so now I'm going to kidnap her. And then he almost got away with it. And Shan planned it for months. And, nope, I'm just going to tie you up in a pretty little bow and we're done. <laughs> like, uh, stupid guy. Didn't think it through. Did not. You planned and planned and planned for nothing for it to end in two seconds. They're all idiots. Yep. Pretty much. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Tell me all about it, y'all. Or I can start. Go ahead. (laughs) Mostly, I just really want to talk about Ken. Like, fucking Ken. I just love all of the, like, bullshit that he pulls. And it's so goddamn annoying. But at the same time, in my opinion, it's really funny. Because he just starts talking and then Dodge is just like, oh god, is he just going to stand? We're just going to have to sit here and like listen to him talk. And then he picks up a fiddle. (laughs) Just like starts playing bad violin. (laughs) That's the best part. It's so funny. It's so funny. Just heinous. Like disgusting. Like who? What what sort of a monster is this man? (laughs) I'd fucking that. Are you kidding? It's, it's so funny. Good, like, villain scene. Like, it uh-huh. makes him so villainous just that he's like, play. He's like, oh, and now I'm going to play the violin. <laughs> yes. Like, mm, I need an audience to tell me if this is any good or not. I've been working on this piece for a while. <laughs> Sit here and listen. I, that, that whole scene reminded me of a quote, which I was our intro today. But uh, it's from Halo 2, from the fucking Arbiter. The the people that know, know. But when him and uh, Master Chief are caught by the Gravemind, and the Arbiter is like, bro, if this alien don't quit fucking trying to talk to me and shit, he's just, kill me or release me, Parasite, but do not waste my time with talk. The exact same vibe. Just like, I, they don't want to be there. They don't want to listen to this shit. Like, just get it over with. Another thought I just had, though, about this whole kidnapping attempt is Quinn was originally going to be there. So what the hell was Sham planning this whole time? Because he was dealt with a lot quicker than Quinn. What was he going to (laughs) do? Dude, your plan was not good at all. Were were you planning for months? This was not planned out well. That is a good question. Because he only had, like, mediocre mages with him. And they didn't do shit against Sandry. (laughs) So what was his plan? Well, I love this because this goes back to the whole thing, the whole conversation between Ken and the other mages, where the, like, Shan's mages are like, oh, like, we work stuff under great mages all the time. And it's like, actually, no, you're shit compared to these guys. But at the same time, Sandry and Dodge, like Daja and Briar are literally working magic right under Ken's nose and he can't do anything about it because he doesn't get it. That's true. But for Shan to claim that he's been planning this from the very beginning, <laughs> was he just like, eh, 
everything will fall into place. It's fine. Maybe <laughs> Quinn will join me. I don't know. I'll figure it out along the way. But I've been planning this. <laughs> like, honestly, I think Sam's just an idiot. <laughs> just making, I don't see a plan <laughs> at all. I've been planning this for months, but there's no plan. Everything will just happen. It, it's fine. It's fine. He's a I man. Mean, he is so confident in his stupidity that it's, you know, <laughs> he's blinded like, by his own confidence, frankly. That should have been our opening. Let's be confident in our stupidity. I, I guess he just assumed that Briar and Chris and Daja, their powers weren't going to be very good. So, like, okay, they're not as strong mm-hmm. as they say that they are. I could just drug Sandry. I'll be out of there. It's fine. That was the whole plan. Very I really like uh, Ken's description of his spell and like how he came up with it and everything. And like, it's so fitting because I believe he's Kenile Shieldsman or something like that. I um, think so. Yeah. So I, I just, I love the names always. No single charm possessed by any mage will work on this glove spell. Well, Isha broke out, but she's even more powerful than I am. She just blasted it, said I needed to stay humble. Well, you do. And this is why. <laughs> Yep. He was just so confident too. He's like, "Oh, if you guys join, you know, join us, I'll I'll tell you even other secrets. I won't tell you about this one though, because that's my my personal really really good spell." So just under that, where he's talking about needing to stay humble, so he says, um, "Outside noble courts or the universities and the living circle schools, you're not likely to find that many great mages. People tend to dislike us." They think we're conceited and high-handed. They never think that perhaps we just spend so much time trying to wrestle our magic into behaving that it makes us short-tempered with the everyday world. So we hide. Oh my God, he's talking about Triss. I love how the chapter opens with Briar just being like, I'm glad it's Daja with me because she's the calm one. And then of course, listen to your scarecrow. Always. Finally learns their lesson to listen to their scarecrow and i believe it specifies that like after all of this goes down jagoris is actually calmer yeah it's like see if you had just listened to him then he, he might have been better if you would just been like oh okay maybe we should listen to you which i feel like kind of goes back to the whole theme of like how the empress is like trying to make people do what she wants so they're like trying to get shigors to shut up and if they would just like stop trying so hard then maybe they'd succeed a little better shan fucking creeper the the part that really gets me is where he kisses her it's on like the back of her head or neck or something the back of her neck yeah with the potions i have for her to drink and the spell patterns he gave me she won't be able to lift a finger against me once we're inside. Lips kiss the back of her neck, making Sandry's skin crawl. Mine too. The part that gets me the <clears throat> most is when uh, someone asks him if he could actually bring himself to wait three days. And then he just laughs. Like, yeah, raping someone. Hilarious. Great. These men are sick. They're lucky that all Sandry did was tie him up and put him in a tree. You're joking about raping me? Uh, yeah, no. You're lucky that's all you got. Mm-mm. So gross. And I think it's really interesting because she has that moment where she has to like remind herself, no, you know what? I'm not going to kill these people. 
Because, like, she's essentially strangling them with her their own clothing or, like, suffocating mm-hmm. with their own clothing. And then she's like, no, you know what? I just need to gag them. I don't actually need to kill them. She's better than I. On a lighter note, when she's hanging them up in the tree, she's like, okay, I have to be careful because I don't want a bow to drop on someone. And also, Briar would be really mad if I entered the tree. Yep. <laughs> Which was my thought. She's like, oh, I'm going to hang them in a tree. And I was like, you better be careful. Yeah, don't hurt the tree. Briar will not be happy with you. I also love this little exchange between her and Shan. So after she gets him on the rock and she's got him tied there, she says, you can tell all Namor this is what happens when I'm vexed. And then he says, little bitch. Sandry looked him over soberly. If you had understood that earlier, we could have avoided this unpleasantness. Yeah, you tell him. Yes. <laughs> Like such a perfect response. Oh, I like, love what's your it. Point? What? <laughs> I'm a yeah. bitch. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I fucking know. <laughs> you should know that already. Duh. Uh, and then she takes Shan's horse, and the rationale is this horse deserves someone better, which it absolutely does. Oh yeah. She should have took all of the horses. That would have been so funny. You're hung up in a tree and you lost all your horses? Fucking idiot. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know how she would have like managed it though. But I can They see have reins, don't they? Can... She could just tie all the reins together and just lead them Here's like the Dodge did with she the taking them to the horse fair and sold. <laughs> she wanted to ride fast. Yeah. That's true, but it would have been funnier. It would have been funny. But yeah, you can't ride fast with a caravan of horses. Only if she would have had time. It would have been funny. And then Baronine is like, her main focus is like rumors. Like she's not even concerned with like the magical implications, which is what Ishabal is like, hey, these mages are a lot more powerful than we thought. And then Baronine's like, no, they're making a laughing stock of me. Everybody's going to think that she spurned my lover's and yada yada like she's only concerned with like the social political rumors and we get a couple more like details about like the war with Yanjing because Baronine says the wench spurned two of my favorites never mind that Ken is no longer a favorite and he wasn't trying to marry her that's what they'll say too and they'll whisper that perhaps my favorites are not so devoted to the old woman as they pretend to be imperial majesty I am old replied Isha gently you are in your prime I'm sure the Yanxingi emperor will see it just that way. If I was the empress, I'd be like, that's not the point I'm trying to make here. <laughs> so I like that she points out, like, like, so she's, like, focused on the rumors, but then also on Yanxing. And then we also get this, like, part of Shan's whole thing, because they're like, oh, isn't she going to be pissed at you for this? And he's like, ah, nah, once I have her money, then she can't be that mad at me because she's spent so much money adventuring along the Yanjingi border. You have always said it is far better to appear innocent while others take the blame. C-U-I-O-A. Cover your own ass. The less you know, the better off you are. It suited her that people thought of her as a passionate creature, delighting in love and money. Few realized that Baronine cooled off far sooner than she let on, and that she did nothing that would not enhance her standing in the eyes of her people and the world. And then again, when they're leaving the canyon and we have that like Sandraline Mercy where 
they're kind of talking about like things that they can do to the people here and she's like nah like look i don't want to punish them because if shan put them up to it he's nobility and that that means that it would have been difficult for them to refuse and yeah i just want to move on Brittany, yeah were you sad that tris didn't fall off her horse I was glad she didn't fall off the horse. Oh, yeah. why, why would I be sad? Well, you said that you were looking forward to the part where Tris falls off the horse and Amber says, I told you so. Oh, yeah. yeah. She doesn't, <laughs> but, but she weaves ropes of wind to tie her to her horse. But she, because she means, doesn't want to hear Amber say, I told you so. <laughs> which also means that is an incredibly calm horse. That horse is like two dajas in a horse. I mean, sh- they did say that this horse was used to her being weird. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I would I would do the same thing. Like, oh, he said that he's gonna tell me so. I don't think so. Tie myself to this horse if I have to. <laughs> and then after they uh, they grovel to Jagor's, and then afterward. Briar's like freaking out about where he is. He's like, where's Jagors? He wasn't at breakfast. And then when he comes, he's like, Jagors, where the hell were you? <laughs> and so I really enjoy like Briar like, just being this like worried mother hen. When Briar realizes that Triss has been seeing stuff on the wind, I felt like it was too much of an aha moment. Like, he was like, oh, of course, I should have known. And I was like, wait, you and Daja, like, both mentioned earlier, hmm, I think maybe she's seeing things on the wind. And so then he's like, why didn't I think of this? And I was like, except you did think of it. Yeah. I wish it had been just a little bit more like, do you guys think she sees shit on the wind? That would make sense. And then uh, Jigor is explaining, like, oh, she didn't want you to know. She said, she said you'll think she's conceited if you knew she could do it. All three young mages traded exasperated looks. Have you ever known such an annoying girl? Demanded Sandry. And then Dodge was like, but she learned to do it. People go mad learning that. And then turns to Shigoris, no offense. I was <laughs> bored with it. Bearing down with their wills, briars forged in the streets and epidemics and in war, Dodge's forges and mammoth blazes. I just, I love that. There's something in the Sandry and Shan scene about her will also mm-hmm. yes it's a nice reversal it's not how i envisioned envisioned the kidnapped woman's return over triumphing over her would-be captors why is their real thing always much more ordinary than the vision because people always embellish it that's why i yeah, beg- make themselves some way cooler than it actually was yeah i beg you let them go i will not be defied If this traditionally safe border fails, if this seldom renewed border fails, if older wary me fails against three powerful young things who just tied my best assistant in a knot. Foreshadowing, perhaps? Hmm. Who would think that maybe they're going to break through the border? I don't think so. I think they're going to be trapped in the morn forever. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And then Sandra's going to get kidnapped by Shane at the end, like. Yeah, that's how the series ends. Mm -hmm. The end. Before them lay a great green plain dotted with villages and a massive blue lake. The border fortress was on the other side of the gleaming water. To the east lay the smoky foothills of the Karakathi Mountains where the Empress was said to have a hunting lodge. 
I just really like that description. It was very vivid. Maybe it takes a coward more courage, not less, to do and not to do things. Perhaps cowards understand the world so much so much better than brave folk. And then just at the end, Sandry with her, it's just us now. We don't have to be responsible for anyone else. What a yeah. Really- I love that ending. Such a good ending to the chapter. I know I keep referencing like nerdy shit, but like it reminds How me dare of you, like I-, I know, right? Ooh. I know. How could you? How dare? <laughs> Sorry, what what nerdy shit are you referencing? It's Superman when he fights Darkseid. There's a point where like eventually everybody that's like helping Superman like gets out of the way and like they get the civilians out of the city. And then Superman's like, oh, yeah, you've been like, kicking my ass this whole time, Darkseid, but now that everyone's gone, I can let loose. And, like, he goes all out because he doesn't have to worry about collateral damage or hurting his friends on accident. Like, And that's what I felt yeah. here at the end. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good analogy. I feel like maybe they're going to struggle, and then right at the last moment, Triss is going to show up and save the day. Because <laughs> they need all four of them to be a circle. They exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. they're just a triangle. Triangles are the strongest shapes. I like the description of Briar Seed Balls in that he spelled them for use against not just people but mages, like and then the the hill shamans that are described. It's just cool. Just a little bit of world building in like just the tiniest detail of a seed ball that we already know what it does. But we know now that he's put more work into it since making them. Sandra calling Shan a pig swiving bleat brained. Yes. I love, There's I love. that relationship with Briar. Yes. <laughs> yes. They they've definitely rubbed off on each other. You didn't learn that from the Duke. You learned that one from me. We talked about how Pierce is very good about like leaving the vulgarities out of the book, right? Mm-hmm. So like we just have Sandry made a rude gesture and Triss told Briar to do something that was physically impossible or whatever. But in this chapter, Shan calls her a bitch. We got yep. a bitch. We got bitch. Yeah. She breaks it. it for this moment. It goes to show how like when you don't swear a lot, well-placed swears are incredibly powerful. Sandry saying, now you know, when I say I don't like you, it really means I don't like you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Can she make it any more obvious? I don't think so. I don't think so either. If he's stupid enough, he'll be like, oh, she wrapped me up because she loves me. She wanted me to be cozy in this tree. <laughs> Keep her safe. Uh, he... <laughs> You can also tell that, like, in this chapter, he doesn't have any kind of romantic attraction to her. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's, like, talking all lovey about her, and then as soon as she wakes up, he's just calling her all these names and all this crap, and yeah. Oh, he's, he's the typical nice guy. All these niceties, and then as soon as you get rejected, nope, out the window, you're a bitch. I have a couple dislikes when Quinn is telling them, you guys really should think about working with Baronine, and then I'll even teach you some tricks once Shan and Sandra are wed. Not this one, of course. But you'll see I'm a decent enough fellow after that. Like, 
again with the nice guy shit. Like, I'm being horrible to you right now, but I'm really a nice guy. I am so sorry about this. It's fine, but I'm really, really nice. You'll see. You're making me do these things. Like you it's know, your maybe. fault. And if you would have just listened, like you, you did this to yourself. Just let me kidnap your friend and marry her off. It's not that bad. Not that bad. I'm really a nice guy, okay? It's Asshole. disgusting. It's just right? gross. Just a gross, gross, gross time. Uh, my next one is also a dislike. It's Shan in the process of kidnapping or whatever. And he's telling the guys, trust me, you tell a woman things like that and she's putty in your hands. Like, oh, you say, I love you. Oh, you're beautiful. You're the love of my life. Oh, she'll just uh... do whatever you say. It was like, no, no, guy. No. Shut I had up. to unmute just to make the noise. I like the descriptions of... Sandry wrapping everybody up in their clothes, especially when Shan goes to grab a knife. A twist of her will sit his sleeves down over his hands and into the fabric of his britches. So he's walking around basically <laughs> like hunched over. So funny. Your sleeves are now a part of your pants. I bet that looked ridiculous. So funny. When they're trying to figure out if they want to stay at the inn or not, and Briar's like, well, I can control them. I have potions or whatever. And Dodge is like, if you're feeling so energetic, go gravel to Jigor some more. (laughs) (laughs) Leave us alone. When Sandry is sending Gadruni, the kids, and Jigors away, uh, Jigors is like, I can't. I have to stay with you guys. Tris told me that I have to watch and listen. And uh, Sandry's like, and you have. While we slept, you did now I need you to safeguard Gadruni and the children, please. And Jagoris goes. So, like, he's needed, and she's letting him know that he's needed, and it's very sweet. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? I mean, I didn't really find one. I just wrote badassery, question mark. I put down underestimating your enemy because it it just keeps happening. Baronine versus the mages. She's like, I'm tired of these kids not doing what I'm telling them to do, and I'm going to go stop them. I'm literally going to put up the entire fucking shield for my country to keep them in. You don't want to be doing that. That's a lot. And if you fail, uh, you're going to have egg on your face. It's not good. Why, why even try? Why even try to do that? Just let them go. Fuck. God. Right. Uh, and Shan versus Sandry, he's, he's so sure that he's got it all planned out, and it's going to go perfectly according to plan. So stupid. Yeah, and then and then they end up tying the charms around her in ribbon. We planned and planned, but we forgot that she's a thread mage. Oh, oh yeah, so that's bad. that's right. She can control the things we tied to control her powers with. I think there's an element with Briar and Sandry and Daja of like you just do X. It's connected to something so mundane that people just like they don't th- like it couldn't possibly be that powerful because it's something that's like plants are really mundane they're not powerful metal and clothing are very mundane they're not powerful and and like we see it with ken i think in the last chapter he's just like plant mage and a in a smith mage like eh. like they they can't do anything to me and i think that's especially true for sandry because Probably partially because Sandry's nobility, and so there's an element of people just kind of think that she's just this sort of noble frippery who doesn't know shit. Well, she could just but, buy her way into things. That's how she got yeah. her medallion. It's not a big yeah. deal. But then also, I think of the three, fabric is probably the most mundane. Or if it's not the most mundane, it's something that we associate with like women. And and just like you know, it's just like oh, Not like that's that's powerful. just the, the yeah. women's work and whatever, and like because like at least like a smith mage, like if you think of a blacksmith, you typically think of somebody who's really strong, weavers, pshaw, and then they forget. Oh fuck, like because it's mundane is why it's powerful. Uh, oh, I almost killed you by having you choke on your own clothing, but I'm not powerful. It's fine. Yeah. The theme I found, I guess, would be uh, racing against the clock. They're in a hurry to try to get out of there before uh, they can be stopped. They keep getting slowed down, though, with stupid things like Shan kidnapping people, waiting on trysts. And I'm going to add to both of y'all's themes because I feel like Shan is also kind of racing against the clock because mm-hmm. he's got to make sure that he gets far enough away before they wake up, which he fails at. Yeah. And then. I know that, Goodwin, you said underestimating your enemies specifically, and this isn't an enemy, but the kids underestimate Jagors. 
Yeah. I don't think bravery is the correct term to use in this, but it's the closest word I've got because there's so much against Briar and Daja in the beginning, and they're just like, okay, we've got to think and figure out how we're going to get out. And then, like, Sandry is standing up and being like, nah, fuck your shit. Determination. Yes, that's a good word. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? I have three, y'all. Oh my goodness. Oh. (laughs) I have one? I've got about half. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't don't y'all two go first and see if you steal these are mine. Uh, I'll go ahead and go then. Um, This is one I've used previously. So uh, it's a repeat. So it's the scene where Baronine is getting angry because they're trying to escape and she wants to have Ishabah raise the walls up and Ishabah is like, no, just let them go. We can find an excuse and make it look like they're stupid and you're, we'll be in the clear. It'll be fine. And Baronine insists on making sure that they stop these kids. And she does eventually cool down, but she still wants them to be trapped in there. And I don't know. I feel like I get angry and I want things done my way, even if there is a better solution for things. And I'm like, I don't listen. I'm like, no, I'm angry. I don't care. You're going to do it the way I want it to be done regardless of whether your idea is better or not, because I'm pissed and I know better. So just need to calm down, I guess, and take a breath and be like, okay, you know what? I think you might be onto something. Let me hear what you got to say again, because you, you might be right. And I'm just angry. So let me calm down. Let me hear what you got to say. And we'll probably go with your idea because I'm not thinking clearly because I'm angry. So calm down. Mine was literally the same thing. It was don't let your emotions control you because yeah, doing stuff like that is kind of how I said earlier is how you embarrass yourself either through being mad or upset or sad. Like you just do stuff that can be out of character or, you know, that people, will not appreciate so you need to be you don't have to be completely stoic all the time it's okay to let emotions out but don't let them control your actions because that's when you get into trouble well indy do you want to trade off my first one is a line that indy read maybe it takes more and not less courage to do and not do things perhaps cowards understand the world so much better than brave folk what were you going to say about it indy i'll let you go first What I was going to say is, like, there's a lot of times when we are scared to do something, and instead of focusing on the fact that, hey, we did the thing that, that we were scared of, and that's a big deal, we just go, okay, well, it had to be done, so therefore, you know, this, that, or the other. 
but it does take a lot of bravery to do something that you're scared of. We see a lot of it. We we see it a lot in media where the person who is terrified usually winds up being the one who changes the course of whatever it is. And uh, I'm I'm gonna get real talk o'clock here. I I'm a firm believer. You ask for help when you need help, but. I don't take that advice myself. Like, I am so scared of rejection or there not being somebody there to help or whatever the case may be. And it makes me not ask for help. I like to think that people are good. Like, people are ultimately good. They want to do good things, they want to be there for people, they want to help people. And, you know, with everything that's gone on in the world lately, that has been a worldview that I've had challenged. Because there's a lot of people who just want other people to suffer. I should have gone first, because that was far more poignant than anything I'm going to say about this quote. (laughs) No, I think for me, it's really just fear does not make you weak. Which, like, for somebody who has generalized anxiety disorder is a nice thing to remember. (laughs) Because I'm afraid of everything. And various people, my husband included, will be like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? And I will be like, do you really want to know? Because I can tell you. I can tell you how the entire universe is going to be ripped apart because I bought the wrong pens at the store. I can go there. This quote reminds me of when I'm having long periods of something where I'm under stress and I'm just like under constant stress and having like sort of regular anxiety attacks because we're in the middle of testing and grades are due tomorrow and we're also trying to plan a field trip and still have no idea where we're going to eat then then one of the things that I draw strength from is a poem by Catalina Faro called Anxiety Group and this is kind of what she says in it is that Fear does not make you weak, and perhaps in ways it makes you stronger. Yeah, so if anybody out there has anxiety and they just, you know, need somebody to tell them that they really are that awesome, uh, go go find Anxiety Group by Catalina Farrow on YouTube. It's amazing. It will uh, give you a boost, probably, hopefully. It did for me. <laughs> Should I go with my second one, or do you want to do your second one? You know what? I'm going to go because you stole my first one. (laughs) They never think that perhaps we just spend too much, so much time trying to wrestle our magic into behaving that it makes us short-tempered with the everyday world. Don't forget that other people are also struggling. Might be something that they're not wanting to talk about. Like, maybe they're struggling through something and that's why they're, you know, grumpy or upset and they wind up taking it out on you and they don't really mean it. Like they might be mad and frustrated at the moment, but there's all this other stuff going on that makes it worse. Yeah. Sometimes people are fighting battles that they, that we don't know and we don't have to know. It's not for us to know. And also take care of your mental health. Be kind to yourself. Don't forget that there are people who do give a shit and want to take care of you. My second one was 
if you approach it with that attitude, you open the door to failure. Which is a double-edged sword. I was literally just telling my husband earlier today about how I have students who are so afraid of saying something wrong that they just won't speak. And if you are learning a second language, you have to speak or you will not learn it. I know this from experience because that was me when I was starting to learn my second language. So you have to open yourself up to make, to mistakes. But that being said, like in this case, Berenice says this, and Ishabal is being very reasonable about, uh, mm, you know, this, this might not work. And I think that there's a need for a balance there of you have to be willing to open yourself up to failure, to open yourself to up to mistakes and take that risk. And then the last thing I wrote, we pretty much already talked about this, but I want to re-emphasize it, is consent is important and no means no. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from the final chapter of The Will of the Empress. And I'm just a little bit sad, y'all. Are you quite finished? Called Ishabal from her platform. I'm impressed. Most collapse long before this, but it changes nothing. Better mages than you have pitted themselves against our barriers and lost. You will not be permitted to leave the empire. Briar glared up at Ishabal. You think I'm scared of empires, he yelled. Here's what I think of empires. He drew on his shakan, flinging that power at the wooden platform on which Isha and her companions stood. The mages who stood with Isha were there to guard against attacks on her. They were prepared for a mage to turn fire or wind against the platform. They were not prepared for the wooden boards to shift and groan and sprout branches. Whole new trees suddenly exploded from dead wood. The mages dropped to the ground, bruising themselves on knobby roots that dug into the earth around them. Sandri and Daja, as well as Briar, felt the Shakan's glee at creating so many new lives. Mollus, all you like, cried Isha, staggering to her feet. You will not get one whit closer to home. This is your home, and you will bend the knee to your new mistress. Why not name her? Daja wanted to know, exasperated. Everyone knows who has commanded her to do this. Why be so festering delicate with Baronine's name? The rude jokes told in the forges of the Empire aren't so polite about keeping her name out of the conversation. Sandry wiped sweat from her cheeks with her handkerchief. Normally, I'd say it's because she wants to keep Baronine's name out of it if this fails. But it's not like we're succeeding. She nibbled a lip and thought, unless it might still fail, what else can we do? Daja grabbed Sandry. The thread! Our circle! Sandry reached into her neck pouch and produced the thread circle once more. I don't know if it will work without Triss, she protested. It's got some of our strength, but this is a nasty barrier. I suppose it is, Triss said through their magic. But while I may be a day's ride from you, I can still hold my part. Silver fire bloomed in the vague shape of a hand in the air. It wrapped itself around Triss's thump in the thread circle. Sandry grabbed hers. Daja did the same and smacked Briar on the back of the head. He whirled when he saw what they held. Keep growing, he muttered under his breath to the trees. Then he grabbed the knot that stood for him. 
Sandry anchored herself in the thread with a feeling of stepping into her own skin. This was also her first leader thread, in part, the one on which she first spun wool. Over the years, she placed a great deal of strength in this symbol of the union between them. Now it was also a symbol of what happened on this trip. At last, they were one again. She still had them, and they still had her. That never changed, Briar told her before he took the Shackhand's remaining magic and dove into a forest of roots underground, spreading out through the land to draw on some of the power of its plants and trees. He drew it from the algae on Lake Glaze, the forest and the mountains around it, and the vast plains of grass on which they stood. Brambles and pear trees fed him, as did wildflowers and ancient pines. With their green fire running through his veins, he felt better than he had since the battles in Yangshi. He blazed with it. Daja sank into veins of metal ore below. She followed some of the mountains and others down through the dense part of the earth until she found the immense hot soup in which they were born. The lava's heat bubbled through her, driving up to her body, seeking a way to break free into the world. She laughed at the strength of molten stone and metal, feeling it inhabit her skin, making her indifferent to the petty fire marshaled by Ishabal. Triss swept up into the rapid winds high above the mountains, where birds couldn't even fly. She dove down to draw up the power in the movement of lava and the pressure of water channeled through cracks in the ground. Despite her physical distance from her sisters and brother, she saw them in her magical vision. Their images carried to her by the warm air that raced from Daja's smoking body. They turned, the three of them, with Triss's insubstantial form just behind, and walked into the barrier. Jeez. How is Triss able to do that? That is crazy. Triss is cool, man. That's why. I don't remember who it was, but I remember talking to somebody and they're like, by the end of the series, Triss is just able to do all kinds of shit and it doesn't make sense. Like, what? (laughs) I think it's because of them. Like, they are bound together and that makes them all stronger. Mm -hmm. And so... They can mind speak. They can share magic to some degree. Um, but like who has the magic that- of making a hand appear out of nowhere? I mean, what? I think what it is is that she is sending her magic into the thread, and that's like the form that it takes. Mm. Um, there. I mean, I don't know. You you could read the text carefully and like argue this one way or the other, but. There's possibly an argument even to say that, like, they can see the hand because they can see magic. But, yeah, the magic is trippy. This is my series, so, like, whatever. Uh, Magic, like, (laughs) magic getting this trippy, totally, totally plausible. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying, (laughs) like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean, like, I think it's fair to be, like, I I don't know. This is, like, I, I can't, I can't get on board with this. Like, I think that that's fair. Um, I think the reason that it's easy for me is because this is basically my baseline. Yeah. Yeah. And you, more than anybody, Brittany, know that because you have read my book. Mm-hmm. And I have a soft magic system and you can do some pretty trippy shit with it if you know how. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly. Brittany. Indy. And Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about it. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. 
send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I'm so confident in my own abilities. I'm just going to sit here and taunt you with violin music. <laughs> he got off easy. You know what? I'm just going to say he got off easy. If someone he forced sure did. me, if someone tied me up and forced me to listen to bad fucking music. I don't know. Like, oh. Did it specify that he's bad? Maybe he's good at the it violin. It didn't specify. It's just that he <laughs> just picked up his violin to start playing. Like We're going to assume he that he's bad because that's. If someone, if someone forced me to listen to something <laughs> I didn't ask to, it's automatically bad. It's automatically on site hands. Like we're 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 throwing them. Like because that... it's at that point it's non consensual like music listening, and you cannot okay. force me to do that. I refuse. Consent is important, even, even if it's even music listening. Voices. Yes. So what you're saying is when I become a super villain, that's what I need to do to people. P- yes. People that deserve it that aren't me. <laughs> it could be other people. It could be people that deserve it, just not me. Well, as long as you're not on my list for things that make you a target for a supervillain, you're fine. I mean, like, oh. <laughs> I do feel like it's classic villain behavior. Like, I feel it like is. I've seen that with other characters, specifically the violin. I thought I had seen something like that before with a villain playing a violin and I was trying to think of where I've seen it I can't like well it. I feel like the it's usually like an organ of... or something no because I'm pretty uh. sure I've seen it like specifically where it's like I've got you captive and now I will play the violin yes <laughs> I feel like I've seen that too and I, I don't remember where I've seen it so surely Sherlock Holmes know... does that somewhere if not in the original books in a spinoff I mean I know he's technically not a villain but still but uh, listeners, if you know what <laughs> we're thinking of, please let us know. I want to know. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.